Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to the Fiercely Altered Podcast. Perspective? Fuck. <laughs> Keep it. Fuck it. We'll just have another break and then we'll start it over. It's fine. Welcome to the Fiercely Altered Perspective Podcast. Also known as the Fat Pod. Hell yeah. I'm Quinn. I'm Ember. And today we're going to talk to you about some fun things that deal with history, that deals with folklore, that yes. deals with true crime, that deals with... Culty a little bit. Well, yeah. It's a little culty. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about vampires. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. And it's fun to see how how they came around what they came around mm-hmm. from and to see how there is everything from basically the devil mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to people covered in glitter yeah we don't talk about those <laughs> vampires those aren't real vampires those are just albinos that went to a rave yeah well you'll have that from time to time but even what we know about vampires, because my first full introduction that I remember about vampires mm-hmm. was the Lost Boys. Right, right. So, and then from there, you know, everybody thinks about Dracula. You think, you know, bite the neck and right. drink blood and would sleep sometimes in a coffin and explodes in the sun. And you can kill it with only a wooden stake. Right. And I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. You'll find out. Right. You'll find out. I keep bumping shit. I'm way too excited today (laughs) all right so if you kill a vampire with a wooden steak what does it make me that i like to eat like beef steak and elk steak and deer steak oh my god (laughs) (laughs) shut up beard (laughs) i mean it's a it's a kind of a legitimate question but not really i don't have an answer for you unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) what is it this man this man (laughs) yeah yeah you'll have that on these bigger jobs you will yeah all right so we today we're going to cover old accounts of uh vampire stories found throughout the history right and how one could become a vampire because what we know versus how it could be throughout different origins right totally different right and we're gonna find out that this didn't just start in europe no exactly oh Oh, snap we'll also learn ways to destroy a vampire and how everything changed into what we know of them today right also with some medical explanations for a lot of the myth behind it yeah yeah. and so yeah 
that's kind of where we're at. Butamus. Mm-hmm. Vampires actually originated from Eastern Europe. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, vampire is a Slavonic, or is, yeah, is Slavonic, but ultimately comes from the Turkish word uber. Careful on your next uh, low-priced lift, because you never know. I mean, uber? Oh, shit. Uber means witch? Uber means witch with the, which, which then, no, then, mm-hmm. Uber mm-hmm. means witch. Right. Which so, then turned into vampire. Right. So careful next time you try to get an Uber. Right. So with that, <laughs> subliminal shout out, but not really, which witch is which? Oh, snap. Oh, shit. Oh, Snap. Hi, Lindsay. So, <laughs> since the Turkish Ottoman Empire ruled most of Eastern Europe, some of the languages mixed. Throughout a lot of history, vampires, witches, and werewolves were related in many ways. Over time, they've all been split into their own categories, though. Connect. Connect. So, becoming a vampire was actually a lot easier than what we think of today. Of course, there's more the most popular story of being bitten or attacked, and it could also happen by a cat walking over your grave, being cursed by your parents or a witch eating meat from an animal killed by a wolf would also make you become a vampire hmm. yeah hmm. Uh, there's also the german story of the vampire name it's a, is it blutzlager 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 i wonder if he throws the volkswagen <laughs> God. did he like the braunschwager to go with his blutzlager the blutzlager likes his braunschwager <laughs> Would you like to have a roll in the hay? I don't know, but I would like to have me a nice apricot hefeweizen. (laughs) (laughs) They carry dirt from their graves and they shove it into the mouth of their victims. And if the victim were to swallow it, then they too would become a a blushlaga. I can't even say it now without messing it up and laughing hysterically at the same time. (laughs) Uh, Without becoming the German vampire. Right, right. So one could also be predisposed to to being a vampire by being born with teeth creepy being the seventh child born double points if your parent or if your parent was also a seventh child need bigger tvs right right they didn't have any never mind oh god <laughs> they needed more sticks to play with outside <laughs> less sticks to play with in the bedroom mm-hmm. um having a like a calic oh i oh, got you having a calic or being cursed at birth one of the more commonly accepted forms of being cursed at birth goes to judas thanks it, judas yeah thanks a lot judas Asshole. Jesus. I mean, <laughs> Judas. <kidding. laughs> it's believed that those born with uh, same, or, yeah, with the same fire red hair as Judas, uh, they were labeled as vampires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Ginge. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is mostly accepted in Bulgaria, Serbia, and Romania. Legend has it that when these vampires attack, they will leave XXX on their victims. The Roman numeral for 30, which is also the same amount of silver Judas received for betraying Jesus. Jesus? Jesus? Jesus Craft. <laughs> for betraying <laughs> Jesus. Judas Christ. <laughs> Judas Christ. Oh, Jesus my. Priest. <laughs> Sorry, I'm finding myself way too funny today. Right. So we'll, we'll we'll try that whole sentence again real quick. Okay. Which is the same amount of silver Judas received for betraying Jesus. Another common fear is that if people didn't mourn the dead correctly, not showing enough love, the dead could rise from their grave and seek vengeance. The next time you're at a funeral, you make sure you give grandma extra love. Creepy. 
creepy. Right. Ew. A lot of folklore also based the notion of a vampire being a person who committed suicide, led a sinful life, was an alcoholic, antisocial, or the first to die in a family. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. I'm antisocial for sure. Um, well. <laughs> sinful life. Uh-huh. Got it. Red hair. Got it. Pale skin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you see Quinn with a triple X on him, you'll know. I watch a lot of triple X. No, I mean. I mean. <laughs> what I mean is. <laughs> what I mean. All right. So countless stories talk about someone dying and soon after many others in their family would also die. So the one still alive would then exhume the body of the first person who died and they would see the body looking as if it was still alive. Had a belly full of blood, blood around its mouth. Maybe the body moved a little bit. Yeah. So they were convinced it's moved. It still looks new. Uh-huh. It's a human. Uh-huh. So they would take out a stake uh-huh. and strike it. A in T-bone the... or a sirloin? A wooden. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Wood. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> If only it was a T-bone. Um, and when they would pierce the body, it would let out a scream. So naturally, that is a vamp. They knew that that was the living dead because of that scream. Oh, oh, never mind its decomposition. And we don't know about that yet. We'll get there. Oh, we're just telling you. Oh, okay. All right, <laughs> all right. All right. So there's many variations of the vampire due to the fact that back in the day, it was usual, usually just small tribes of people, and traveling wasn't as common. So it was stories passed down for generations and having small differences per tribe. Right. If you go back through folklore history, you're going to see a very small common tie, Mm -hmm. but each different place has its own story, its own power. So original folklore on the vampire stated that it rarely left their grave, merely it was just a spirit that roamed the earth. Some, however, could transform so it could leave the grave. Um, Another common mistake is is that the vampires of the original history rarely suck blood. Okay. But when they did, it was usually through the chest right above the heart. Right. Or if you go into the Arab and Persian folklore, it was through the big toe. People on their fucking feet fetish. (laughs) Right? Foot fetishes make sense now. In other cultures, a vampire could also kill simply by laying some laying on someone and suffocating them by putting pressure on their chest. A lot of vampires only needed to be in the presence of its victim and could suck the life form out of them that way. Hmm. We call those energy vampires today. Oh. Is those people that just get around you and they suck the life out of you and they just make you feel like shit. Those shitty people in life. I call those people assholes. Right. <laughs> Energy vampires, assholes, same thing. Right, we all right, know them. Right. But yeah. All right. Well, in 1196, it's when we hear the first story about vampires carrying disease. This happens when an evil merchant died in Berwick. After his death, half of the population died of the plague. So the people dug him or yeah, dug him up and cut off his head and his limbs and burned him to ash. After the ritual was completed, no more deaths occurred. So there's still people walking around from 1196. Oh. But it says that no more deaths occurred after they did this ritual oh my goodness you know what they mean you smart ass <laughs> 
<laughs> it means that they were like, oh, this is obviously how you kill a vampire. Fair enough. So here are some stories out of journals from Romania. One of them talked about an old woman who died and after a few months, her grandchildren from her eldest son also began to die. And then the grandchildren of her youngest son soon followed. So the sons mm. became anxious and they dug up their mother, cut her in two, buried her again, but the death still didn't stop. So they dug her up a second time. Uh-huh. However, her body was completely whole. It had not been cut in half. Right. Mind blown. So freaked out, they took her body to the forest and put her corpse under a huge tree. There they disemboweled her, took out her heart, which still had blood flowing through it, according to them, and they cut it into force and then they burnt it. Okay. With the ashes, they mixed it with water and gave it to the remaining living children so they could drink it. Okay. Then they took the remains of the mother or grandmother, they burned her to ash, and then they buried the rest of the a- ashes. Only then did the deaths finally stop. Creepy. Yeah. Creepy. It's, it's fun to hear about people digging up bodies. Right. And turning their ashes into drinks hmm. to <laughs> fight off vampires. Right. So, well, another story uh, was also pretty similar to the last one, but it was one of a crippled, unmarried man who had died. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, once others became ill, they figured it was the cripple's fault. When they dug him, hmm? That's a direct quote. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, quoting. Sorry, (laughs) quoting. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they dug him up on a Saturday night, he was extremely red and balled up in the corner of the grave. They removed removed his heart and liver, burned them to ash, mixed it with water, and gave it to his sisters and other relatives. The concoction worked, and they all regained their health. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Which also isn't isn't too far off. I mean, this was a lot further back into history but uh even i can't remember the exact years but we used to use blood medicine all the time yeah when there used to be public executions the poor would come and bring cups and would try to fill up the cups full of blood because people believed that the blood had healing powers Hmm. they used to dry dry up blood and chunks of people corpses and make corpse medicine Uh so if you're sick you know Uh, just eat some dead flesh you'll be fine Mm. And this ties back to here, too. Right. So I always thought that that was kind of funny. Huh. So the specifics of vampire mythology comes from Eastern Europe, but the idea of a life-sucking demon was first written in 1037 AD about the Indian Sanskrit legend of the Batal... Mm-hmm. My brain just went out. Uh, Pajisi? Sure. Anyways, sorry, everybody. <laughs> we I even listen in English. I even listened to how to say it and I still can't do it. That's how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was a demon creature called the Batal and it could make the dead act alive. He also hung upside down like a bat. So, huh. when the story was translated to English by a famous explorer, Sir Richard Francis Barton, in the mid 19th century, He changed it to the name of Vikram the Vampire. And that's where you first hear, you actually see the word vampire in relation to all these old folklore. Okay. All right. 
Well, one more traditional version of the vampire comes from the ancient Celtic legends. There was a wizard named Abertak, and he suspected his wife of cheating. So he hid on the ledge outside of the window one night, not sure if he ever saw anything because he fell to his death. And uh, because of his status, he was buried upright like they did with the king, uh, yeah, the king of his time. So mm-hmm. kings were buried upright. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, now I do. All right. Well, I wonder if Elvis is buried upright. Maybe. Because he was the king. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he was just buried sitting down. Oh. <laughs> oh, I wonder I'm... if he was buried on his throne. <laughs> it was a good passing. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the next day they Sorry. showed up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The next day, he showed up in the village and demanded everyone slit their wrists so he could drink their blood and continue living. Many people tried to have or yeah have him killed, but he always came back. He's like a bad penny. Right. It was until a druid crafted a sword from a yew, and a yew is a form of tree? Correct. Okay. Like, not a yew, but right, right, a, right, a tree. Right, right. All right, just making sure. Not an animal. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And stabbed it through, uh, through his chest, buried him upside down and covered or yeah covered him in ash branches thorns and a boulder and a boulder however that's a nice boulder. what's that <laughs> i said that's a nice boulder it's a nice boulder you got on your shoulder <laughs> however the druid said that it didn't kill him merely trap him if you get too close he could snatch you yeah and fun fact on you in september of 2017 is when they found that thousand year old viking sword mm-hmm. made from that solid piece of you and it had human faces carved in typical viking fashion and it dated back to the 11th century and it was in perfect condition if you remember from when we looked at it right it does not look like something that was buried in the ground for over a thousand years well and that's the deal is usually something that is from the earth that is returned to the earth right returns to the earth yeah and this thing's a thousand years old and looks like it just came out of a cabinet yeah whatever they treated it with right was beautiful right so another was the North uh, Aptragongium. Sure. Is that how you say that? Sure. <laughs> it's a very big word and it does not look friendly. Anyways, uh, which actually translates to the walking dead. And this thing would be raised by a wizard to do his bidding. I and wonder, I wonder if he had coral next to him. Damn it, coral. <laughs> <laughs> I know I laughed at that too when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's the walking dead. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> So the person that would actually be risen from their grave was not cursed or didn't leave live a sinful life. It was more like a slave okay. and it would be forced to do whatever the necromancer wants them to do. All right. These creatures could only be killed by chopping off its head and the foot. This way, the creature could not see or walk. From there, one would have to put the head where the foot was and the foot where the head goes. They would even put binding ruins carved on certain graves to prevent a wizard from rising certain people and they most commonly use the stone of Calbi. Okay. And evil wizards would be called drogs that you could only, or that could kill you by making eye contact. However, they could never leave their tombs. So really it was only bad for tomb raiders and and stuff like that. Which makes me laugh when I was reading this because this is exactly like Skyrim. Absolutely. The names are correct. Mm -hmm. You know, being being risen and forced to do whatever the necromancer wants to do. You can do that too. Right. 
Right. Draugr's can't leave the caves that you go into. Right. The the you know, the wizards that obviously get turned into Draugr's, uh-huh. they're buried upright in the game also. Yeah. And then the other ones are laying down. Right. Yeah. Oh, shit. I love Skyrim. Right. <laughs> so I like it when they connect and then you're like, oh, yeah, it really is like full old folklore, too. Right. It's not just somebody's imagination. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, but it came from a long time ago. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Anyways, keep going. In Cambodia, there was a tale of the Arak. 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 Arak, Arak, Arak. Which was a vampire that could get into the body of a living person and cause them to kill themselves. Only performing a special exorcism could save that person. Mm-hmm. You got the devil in you. Another vampire story comes from Romania called the Styrogi. Sure. Sounds like a sandwich. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. It leaves a grave, er, grave two times a day at noon and at midnight to feast because its bloodlust is so strong. It is said that while it, er, while in the coffin, the vampire lays in a pool of the victim's blood and sucks on its shroud. Like a little baby. This was found after digging up the remains of people that they had thought were vampires and seeing the shroud yeah. wet and eroding, but to be surrounded by blood. I just find it funny that when people couldn't explain things, they're like, let's go get dig up this old body and mutilate it. Right. It's my favorite. So the Greece folklore had a deep love for vampires, especially the thing that they called Berculacus. Okay. And these creatures look just like normal people, except for their skin was stretched out super tight like a drum. Okay. And apparently if you would hit them, it would also sound like a drum. All right. Interesting. So these creatures would go door to door at night, but they would only knock once. If you didn't answer, it would quickly move on to the next door. But if you do answer, the vampire would lie flat on their victims, crushing them to death and would suck their blood. Hmm. Because of this tale, it sparked the notion of never answering the door on the first knock and that a vampire cannot be let in unless it's invited. No shit. Yeah. Fun facts. Okay. So the Ardat Lili is the early predecessor to the Lilith myth. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. is part succubus and part storm goddess. I love Lilith. <laughs> right. This is noted in Hebrew lore dating uh, dating to ancient Babylon and Samaria. The translation is young females of marrying age, now evil wandering spirits. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is no singular form for this word at all. Nope. It's just a sentence. Just a statement. <laughs> all right. All right. So these evil female spirits would marry a man, wreak havoc in their lives, uh, known for its intense nymphomania and utter delight in harming other people (laughs) are you looking at me right now Hmm. fun facts all right also would cause men to have nocturnal emissions oh god (laughs) they were fapping in their sleep (laughs) yeah sometimes you don't have to do that it just happens but they would have nocturnal emissions so it could harvest the semen to give birth to a demon baby a demon baby yeah, and we'll go deep into the whole Lilith thing on a separate episode, because, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, many people believe vampires could turn into bats. That's one of the common things that we can think of. Right. However, the only ancient report of a vampire turning into a bat came from Romania, and that was just because they believed that anything passing over a grave is the shape a vampire could take. Romania had a lot of bats, uh-huh. so... 
Yeah. The the bat legend wasn't brought on until way later, and we'll get into that soon. Okay. And another interesting fact is that only a very small fraction of ancient tales talk about vampires having fangs. Most accounts say that their teeth were normal, like everybody else. The only main story talking about fangs at all comes from Serbia, Montenegro, and Bosnia, called the Lampire. Lampire, Lampire, sure. And this creature had four fangs on the top and three on the bottom. All right. So the fang thing wasn't really a thing either. All right. Mm -hmm. Did you know that moths can be vampires too? Oh, this is my favorite and I can't wait to tell my sister about it. (laughs) Or until she hears it since since she's terrified of moths. Right. One story about the elusive Mar in the Carpathian Mountains is a vampire that can turn into a moth and it nibbled on the soul of its victims. Once bitten, the vampire moth returns until the soul is fully consumed. But what if they bite a redhead? We ain't got no soul. <laughs> you gonna die of starvation <laughs> you gonna die hungry <laughs> Uh, and this is also the only story found of ancient times where vampires could be destroyed by sunlight. Yeah, in no other oh. ancient lore do you hear about a vampire being able to be destroyed in sunlight. Oh, except damn. for the, the vampire moth. Oh, I like this next one. Do it. The chupacabra! Mm-hmm. Also known as the... Or also has both vampire and alien characteristics. In Brazil, the chupa-chupa. Yes. Which translates to suck-suck. <laughs> has a red beam of light that comes from the sky and hits someone in the chest. This beam burns the victims and boils away a lot of the blood, leaving the person weak, feverish, and with a chronic headache. Now, modern interpretations of Chupacabra claim it is a form of an escaped pet from the gray aliens. So that's how vampires and UFOs merge. Yes, and we'll do a full episode on that as well. Because By God. Duh. Well, yeah. <laughs> so another fun thing about vampires is that not all of them were blood-sucking demons or wanted to kill you. Some of them were just jerks. They would destroy crops. Destroy cops. (laughs) Destroy crops or they would bring bad weather. They could also throw things around, eat all the food in the house, pull pranks. Basically that sounds just like a teenager. Right. However, much of it sounds a lot like witchcraft folklore. Where the separation comes from is in Germany when they focus on witches, they killed many living people. Now in in Slavic cultures, they feared vampires, so they only mutilated corpses. And huh. I guess that's where you see the separation between vampires and witches start. All right. It's because witches are living vampires you don't focus on until after they're dead. Huh. So. All right. Sometimes if people didn't know who the vampire was, they would hunt it for or hunt for it in cemeteries. While looking at the graves, if they found a serpent hole next to a grave, people believed that the vampire could turn into a snake and exit the grave through the hole. This was after religion started taking a hold and more lore of vampires. As many know, snakes are thought to be a form the devil takes uh, thanks to Adam and to the Adam and Eve story. Correct. Likewise, vampires are believed to be evil, therefore snakes make sense. Two plus two equals four. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's kind of a fun sentence to say. (laughs) Therefore snake makes sense? Snake makes sense? No No step step on snake. snake. (laughs) 
Another way people could tell this tell is they would walk a white horse over graves. If one or yeah, if one would refuse to walk over a certain grave, it was made to be believed that the corpse below was a vampire. Correct. Hmm. And those are just a very small number of different stories. All right. Like we've said, we'll be going over vampires many different times. Oh yeah. So that was just a quick little thing. So now we're going to move on on how to defeat a vampire. Okay. Okay. While a wooden stake through the chest or heart specifically was the most common, it was not the only way. In parts of Romania, sometimes just a needle or a red hot spike pierced through the heart could also do the job. Okay. To completely finish the ritual, many corpses would need to be weighed down, decapitated, and legs severed and placed as an X over the chest. The <sighs> head being removed is another very important part and was often put either between the legs or off to the side of the body. That way they couldn't reunite. And actually when they've gone through through and like archaeologists uh-huh. dug up bodies they have found them their heads where their legs would go and the right. legs as an x over their chest no shit mm-hmm. huh so earlier we talked about burning of the bodies and drinking of the ashes this was also very common another fun thing would be to bury a bottle of wine near a vampire's grave and dig it up six weeks later and drink it mm-hmm. that if you if you put the bottle next to it okay and then if anything started happening you could pull it out and drink it and i'm not really sure why i'm thinking some drunk guy was like hey i got an idea (laughs) fucking try this for once okay i'm gonna ward off vampires i'm gonna share my bottle of wine with him he gets it for six weeks and then that's mine well i mean sharing is caring right right (laughs) or something or something (laughs) so garlic comes into play in eastern europe because it was believed that vampires had an aversion to strong smells so many people would hang garlic on doors windows and bedposts to keep people safe especially on safe St. Andrew's Day and St. George's Day. Hmm. According to history, these were very dangerous days for vampire attacks, even though not really sure why. Okay. On those days, even cows and other livestock would be rubbed down with the garlic and the lights would be put out and the cloth- any clothing that you would wear would be put on inside out. All tools and eating utensils would also be placed upside down. And this goes with common folklore that having things upside down and inside out keeps the evil away. Oh, all right. To me, it seems like having things upside Upside down and inside out would only attract the evil. Right. If out you of curiosity. It's like licking a sucker and then throwing it on the ground. You're gonna pick it up and it's gonna be gross. Yeah. That's what I think of with okay. that as well. Okay. So garlic is also be or believed to be a way to kill a vampire. So when people would dig up the grave, garlic was also believed to be a way to kill a vampire. So when people dug up the grave, they would put garlic in its mouth instead of a stake through the chest. Some places, however, felt putting stones or nails in the mouth would also work. Gives them something to chew on. So in Bosnia, women would visit grief-stricken family members after somebody had died and they would hide hawthorn in their headscarves. After leaving the residence, they would toss the hawthorn away. It is believed that vampires were attracted to the bush, so people thought that if they planted it elsewhere, it is believed that the living dead wouldn't enter their old homes or follow any neighbors and kill them. It's like a, ooh, shiny, look over here. (laughs) So in the Philippines, the the vampire (laughs) called Aswang... Uh-huh. uh-huh. I am forever a toddler. All right. Could be defeated with red peppers and a mix of spices. So if Quinn was a vampire, <laughs> he would be the ass wing. <laughs> 
pretty much. Pre- pretty much. All right. Uh, but Bulgarian vampire hunters would hunt the Damfire, mm-hmm. Dampire by filling a little bottle with blood and leaving it in a spot where it could be found. Once the vampire would turn into a cloud or smoke to get the blood, the hunter would seal it with a wax or with a yeah wax cap and an image of a saint. If the Dampire spotted this, the hunter could force it into the bottle by scaring it with holy relics. From there, the bottle would be tossed into a fire, and uh, when it broke, it would kill the damp here. Mm-hmm. Okay. My, I, wa- I wanted to wait until the end, but I might forget, but my conspiracy on that was just a bunch of drunk dudes around a campfire, and then if smoke tried to go into a bottle, they're like, oh, we got a vampire, woo because that's all it was and then they threw the bottle into the fire and then once the bottle broke they're like we killed it it's gone we murdered it dead as shit (laughs) so another way to kill a vampire is to make a fire over their grave tie canes of wild roses around the coffin or nine distaffs which is that long stick that they would put wool on for spinning okay and Romanian gypsies would also fire bullets into the grave and if it pierced the coffin it would kill the vampire the gypsies shooting up graves alright but I've always wondered um i'll have to look into it a little bit more what was that fatty meats oh okay with if you hear us refer to fatty meats that's our dog that is our woofdenhunden but with the wild roses on the coffin is that how that became a thing could be questions 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 that maybe maybe we might know maybe we might not and maybe we'll cover it soon Hmm. so some believe you could stop a vampire from even surfacing if you put something in the dead person's mouth or by sewing the mouth shut. This was to uh, let the dead have something to chew on, but also stop the soul from leaving the mouth or evil to get in. The reason why sewing the mouth shut uh, continued is because the body sits and things relax, the jaw opens and gives a disturbing look to the corpse, scaring the mourners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why we still sew mouth shuts. Shuts. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. It's funny to to find these kind of like little nuggets of information. Right. That you're like, oh, that's why that happened? Mm -hmm. They thought that their soul was going to leave their mouth? Right. They thought that the vampire was going to be able to get in? So in Trinidad, there was the... Sukuyan, who would appear as a young man or a woman and could walk during the daytime, would go door to door asking residents for a small item. If it was given to them, they could return at night and slowly drain the victim's blood for several days. The only way to stay safe would be to chant Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday three times while making cross signs over every door and window. If the creature tries to return, it would flee and go back to its animal form. The victim that it had been feeding off of would then have to catch the animal and stone it to death or burn it alive. Hmm. Hmm. So many people just hunting down animals and stoning them to death because they think they're being attacked by a vampire or burning it alive. Okay. People are fucking weird. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, going into some medical explanations, after going mo- or going over much of the vampire folklore, a lot of it is easy to explain as simply being people's lack of understanding about death and the ways that they try to explain it. For example, someone dying from an illness and others following is now explained as simply the spread of disease. Crazy. Right. Also, the complete lack of knowledge when it comes to body decomposition 
decomposition. Mm -hmm. For instance, the body doesn't stay in rigor for forever. But since many people were buried within 24 hours, the body was still rigid. Everyone believed that that's the way that the body stayed. So when people dug it up days later and they were relaxed, they were believed to still be alive. Yeah. Huh. Uh-huh. So also the reports of bellies being swollen with blood and thinking that the corpse just came back from a feast was really just gases building up. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> Stop it. I keep trying to talk. <laughs> Shrouds being sucked on or chewed on, (laughs) I'm going to stab him, (laughs) simply deteriorated due to acid breakdowns. The screaming while being stabbed was just the gases being released. Uh, Bodies moving also happened due to gases (laughs) and the relaxation after rigor subsides. Fingernails growing is also false. Um, They don't keep growing after you die, but the bed around our nails does and it recedes, giving the look that our nails have grown. Reports would also talk about how the skin looked new, but that's also what we know as, or what we know as skin slipping. So after you die, the dermis of your skin will slough away and the shiny dermis will be exposed. So it looks like brand new skin, but it's really not. It's just because everything else is sloughed off into the pool of human goo. Huh. Mm-hmm. The chest crushing feeling many reported by people who thought they had been attacked by vampires in the night could could easily just be what's known today as sleep paralysis. Yeah, the situations are the same where you are in bed and you feel like somebody is crushing you mm-hmm. and you can't get up and you can't move and you're terrified. Right. And so, yeah, I I find it all fascinating. I oh, like yeah. learning about these little tiny things that you're like, oh, I never would have ever right. thought about that. And most of these things aren't talked about with the common vampires that we know of today. Mm-hmm. So in the 19th century, is when literature hit its peak. And by this point, there were countless things on vampires. But the first bestseller of the vampire genre was called The Vampire by John uh, Polordi. Okay. Oh, I've totally messed that up. Polidori. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Dyslexia. <laughs> it was released in 1819. Um, and it was about Lord Ruthven was a vampire who is both charismatic but ruthless. Hmm. And this is important. He requires blood to live but has no other vampire traits such as being affected by garlic or sleeping in a grave. He liked to feed on young, beautiful women, which added that sexual layer into literature and that lust appeal that we have for vampires now. Hmm. Another book similar to The Vampire was written between 1845 and 1847 called Varney the Vampire or Feast of the Blood. This was written by James Malcolm River and it was over 870 pages and it tells the tale of Varney who too liked to feed off of young women, which later took over as bestseller and had many imitations or uh, people that... Copycats. Thank you. Welcome. And theatrical productions were made from there. In 1872, another book was written by Sheridan Lave Fanu talked about a female vampire who could turn into a black cat in order to feed and would feast on young peasant girls. Now, Camilla meets the heroine in the story, Laura. Mm -hmm. A love story emerges. Yes, girl-on-girl lesbian action, vampires, 1872. What's up? Get it. So, Carmilla falls in love with her and, in an extremely sexualized scene, promises to suck her blood and turn her into a vampire as well. However, 
before it can happen, a vampire hunting Baron Vordenberg mm-hmm. tracks her to her tomb and kills her by putting a stake through her heart, cutting off her head and burning her body. From there, the ashes are tossed into a river. This story contained many more of the vampire elements. Correct. With the sleeping in the tomb, cutting off her head, burning the body, wooden stake. But okay. the most influential right. came from 1897's Dracula, published by Bram Stoker. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Stoker obviously read up on a lot of the folklore because it's set in the correct region and Dracula was also repelled by garlic. This vampire also had some added elements, such as turning into a bat, not being visible in a mirror, and needing to be invited into the home. Furthermore, Dracula actually comes from the historical figure Vlad Dracula, aka Vlad the Impaler. Now, Vlad was never a vampire, but he obviously played a key role in vampire folklore many of us hold on today. Vlad Dracula III was born in Transylvania in 1431 and died around 1476 to 1477. The name Dracula actually came from his father Vlad II, who was a member in the Order of the Dragon, which was a knightly order to rid Europe of Muslims and Christian heretics. So, Vlad II took the name Dracul, meaning dragon, in order to celebrate his role in that membership. So, to honor his father, Vlad III took the name Dracula. Anybody who knows anything about Vlad the Impaler knows that he was a monster and he would be a great founding member for Dracula. And where I had said earlier that he was both charismatic and ruthless, in a lot of ways, Vlad was the same way when you look through history. So Dracula was actually so widely received that its founder, or that it was the founding father for many of our movies, actually over 170. But the first influential movie was directed by F.W. Moranu in 1922, Nosferatu. Perfect. This film followed Brown Stoker's Dracula so closely that the Stoker's estate bought a successful lawsuit against the film company and the judge actually ruled that all copies were to be destroyed and we nearly lost this film into the times of history. No way. Mm -hmm. But a couple of copies survived and the film was later restored by film historians. This is also where vampires being destroyed by sunlight was adapted into our folklore and that was just a dramatic flair that Muranu wanted for an epic ending. Right, so this is the one that's the old black and white with the dude with the blacked out eyes and the great big pointy ears, bald head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so really right. the, the vampires that we know all comes basically from Stoker's Dracula uh-huh. and Nosferatu. Okay, so some vampires in history. Vlad was not the only one to pave the way for history to be linked to vampires. Lady Bathroy, also known as the Blood Countess, would be another one. Mm-hmm. Countess Elizabeth Bathory de Pest was a Hungarian noblewoman who is history's worst female serial killer. She was charged with the murder of 80, but some accusations claim over 600. Mm-hmm. She would take peasant girls and make them into her slave. She would beat them, torture them, and was also known to bite flesh off of their faces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a bad bitch. Right. She was a monster in her own right as well. However, many people 
knew her as the lady who bathed in the blood of her victims to keep herself young. Except this story wasn't told until 1729, over a hundred years after her death in 1614. Yes, and we will definitely be covering that one because that's a fun case. Sure. So another person labeled as a vampire was Necro Sergeant Francis Bertrand, convicted in 1849 of necrophilia. So he was having a couple of cold ones after a long day in the field or what he was cracking a few open yeah mm, yeah he okay. was okay mm-hmm. he had to work for his a little bit harder though <laughs> so even though he was a necrophiliac the news labeled him as a vampire i don't know where they try to make that connection okay maybe part of the lust part when it comes into vampires okay or people just get weird <laughs> nicknames all the time same with the serial killer and rapist peter kuten dubbed the vampire of dusseldorf mm-hmm. in germany he claimed he needed to see blood in order to reach an orgasm and that he drank blood of his victims. Alright, so another popular one would be the one and only Richard Trenton Chase. In the 70s, called the Vampire of Sacramento, Richard was a schizophrenic who believed that uh, his blood was turning into powder and he needed to consume more to stay alive. He injected himself with rabbit's blood, drank blood from animals, and eventually graduated to humans. His story is fascinating and tragic. And you can bet we'll be doing one on that one as well. <laughs> uh, got a nickel says we do. Mm-hmm. Right. So- and then that just leads into to all the different pop cultures things and that we have now oh my god I mean, underworld underworld oh. is cool too because then you also had rise of the lichens in there right so then you got the the vampires and the werewolves together right but that also if you if you remember in those shows it talks about how they were mm-hmm. together clans at one point in time i know right that's right. so exciting but jesus get on netflix and type in vampire and look at the four hundred ninety-seven thousand things it comes oh, up vampire diaries there's all sorts of right shows right and shit oh yeah but it's all i enjoy all of it oh i do too there's countless books that have come from it oh yeah i mean they kind of took it and ruined it with twilight that's a personal opinion because there are certain people that truly truly enjoy it oh and you know i can't talk too much shit because my version of a vampire wasn't even the original version anyways (laughs) right it's a totally different light on how how someone else looked at it oh yeah well and folklore always has a way of changing and turning and you know it's like playing telephone right or stories around a campfire right you're gonna start out with one story and then you're gonna add to it the next time uh-huh and then the next time uh-huh and then the next time uh-huh and it's great and i and i just talk shit on twilight just because i have friends that really like twilight and so i have to use any moment that i can right to poke them right. i really don't care that much about twilight like i have no opinion on it i I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just another movie. So another thing to go with that is if you are going to tell stories in this, that, and the other, and you are going to embellish on your own stories with other people's stories, mm-hmm. don't tell their stories in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually a bad idea. Yeah. That's never a good That's choice. how people got murdered back in the day. There's countless stories to that. Yeah. 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 
So what was one of your favorite vampire movies? Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Do you know how long it's been since I've watched that? Oh, it's been forever since I've watched it. We should watch that. We should. We should. We should. But yeah, I, well, hell, I like that. I like with a, not comedy, but a comic twist mm-hmm. to it. Van Helsing. Or, Van Jesus, Helsing. Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. Um, God. Uh, Dracula Untold, the newer one. Right. Blade. Right. Blade Trinity, specifically. (laughs) It's a good movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. I I like all of the underworlds. Oh yeah. And of course, Lost Boys. Oh yeah. Interview with a vampire. Well, and and I'm gonna have to like. Here's my judgment. Judging. The Lost Boys. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Mm -hmm. The two shit house feeble fuck up attempts after for lost boys 2 and lost boys 3 oh man those were brutal no 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 oh 30 days of night yeah yeah fucking dig that movie right that's a good one uh honestly though there's asking what my favorite is is such a loaded question because i watch movies for what they are entertainment oh yeah we lot we watch lots of movies just for fun right now if i'm watching a documentary Mm -hmm. i'm watching that for information and for knowledge correct if i'm watching a movie uh unless it is a true story a movie of a true story mm-hmm. then it's a show you and i can pretty much watch almost any movie right and like it right the new hellraiser i didn't so much love yeah. it was it, it was boring it really was it was like there <sighs> it had potential but it was boring i hate to say it but i'm pretty sure that horse is decomposed it's been dead that long quit kicking it <laughs> <laughs> I mean. true really like after what the first or second one uh there's, there's been quite a few really good ones but just yeah yeah you just never mess with the originals no i can say those talking on that totally off the subject though mm-hmm. zombies remake of texas chainsaw yeah i like that i like anything zombie touches so <laughs> i'm biased <laughs> But it is really good. Right. Um, trying to think. Oh, well, to go with that, one of my favorite vampire movies because, oh yeah, it's in there. A Rob Zombie film. Mm-hmm. The Haunted World of El Superbisto. Oh my God. <laughs> Noticeable bulge in the lower region. Check a doodle do. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you haven't watched The Haunted World of El Superbisto, you need to do that. Oh yeah. Now just take into consideration, it's an adult cartoon. Mm-hmm. I will say this again and i will get closer to the mic so that it emphasizes it it is an adult cartoon not safe for children yeah definitely don't watch that around kids oh from dusk till dawn oh hell yeah okay perfect so this was just a basically a little intro into vampires right because there's there is so many different stories that we can take from this one episode and use it as the hub and just expand from it oh yeah yeah we can cover vampires for days perfect well this ladies and gents are going to <laughs> ladies and gents mm, yeah ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> oh god peens and vagines <laughs> <laughs> and everything in betweens <laughs> oh good lord catch you tomorrow huh yeah goodbye goodbye Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>